Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Now, Lindsay just mentioned gifts. How many of you, and there's two categories here. Okay, there's three categories. I'll tell you about the third one in a moment. But how many of you love picking out the absolute, perfectly unique gift for the people in your life? Like, keep your hands up high because I'm going to test you. No, no, it's, like, you can do this. You're really good at this. Keep them really high because I just want to know. Um, I want to know what you would get me. <laughs> not really. It's not my birthday. Um, You're the kind of person, you don't want the people in your life to even tell you what they want. You just know what they want. Um, I have a couple people over here in my life, and they're really good gift givers, but you you know, you know what's out there in the market. I mean, you spend, let's be honest, you spend two hours a day looking for cool gifts, right? Some of you chasing every Instagram ad to say, oh, I need those shoes, and if I don't need those shoes, my friend needs, like, right? And now, some of you, like, so unique gifts, like, you love to give unique gifts, keep them up high. I just need to know this as I'm thinking about my own gift giving. How many of you, though, are like me, and you would rather just get a gift card or have them tell you what they want and what size they want and what color they want? Will and I are on the same train, and here's what you're thinking. Like, you guys must be really busy. We are, but that's not the issue. You guys must be kind of lazy with your gift giving. That's not the issue. Some of you are. Um, Will and I, how might I say this? We don't want to disappoint the people in our lives. Like, if this is what you want, why play games? I got enough stuff to pray about. Why should I ask the Spirit to lead me to the perfect gift for you? Um, and now, now, the third category of those of you that don't even give gifts, and we've got a different uh, session for for you back there. Uh, no, I think about like great gift givers. Um, I, I feel like I can't, I, I want to name people in the room who are great gift givers, but then um, all of you will expect a gift from them and we can't have that, we can't have that happen. But imagine you were the perfect gift giver. Like you, you weren't cocky about it, but you were confident that you actually were the best gift giver on the planet. And um, you just began to give gifts to the people who meant a lot to you, but you knew when you gave them the gift, it was what they needed. It was what would make them come fully alive. And even beyond that, it was would make everyone else's life around them that much better. Wouldn't that be amazing? But imagine if you're the best gift giver the world has ever known, and you begin to give gifts, and sometimes those gifts just stay in the box. They're not even open. And other times people think what you're giving them is a gift to display like artwork, but it's actually a thing that does something, but they don't do anything with it. Or you give gifts, and they're sort of used, but they're never fully utilized. Would that not, as a perfect gift giver, be heartbreaking at times? Would it make you, if you're like me, I'm like, I'm just going to quit giving gifts. Anybody else? Anybody had somebody go rogue on you when you gave them a gift? And you're like, lack of gratitude, you won't be getting Christmas next year. You're my kid, but I, I, you know. But imagine again, because here's the thing, we have the perfect gift giver, which warrants the question, the first one I'm going to give you on the screen, you can track in the app or on the YouVersion notes, um, what are you doing with the gifts God has given you? And I'm going to say this from the outset. I'm going to focus my message on the gifts of God's Spirit. But if you don't know God, that would be the best gift you could get today. The best gift isn't that God wants you to do something for him. He wants you to receive from him. And then he has a life for you to step into. And he's going to give you these things we're going to be looking at called spiritual 
gifts, spiritual gifts. Now, the reason that we are spending 11 weeks teaching through the Holy Spirit this summer is because we know what a gift the Spirit of God is to us, and we want to make sure that all of us collectively know what a gift it is to have the Spirit of God in us, on us. We learned that the Spirit is a helper. He's the comforter. He's the counselor. He's the one who helps us. Um, He's the Spirit of truth. He's the one who empowers us. So we want to know that the Spirit is a gift, but also the gift that is the Spirit gives spiritual gifts. And that's what we want to talk about today. Now, let me tell you how my teaching flow is going to be a little bit different today than maybe it would be most Sundays. Most Sundays, it would be me doing an introduction, which I'm trying to wrap up right now. And then I would look at one main text, and then I would ask questions out of that text. I would give, hopefully, um, helpful, life-changing principles out of that text, and then we would have some application. What I want to do, though, is give us a snapshot overview of four different texts that talk about spiritual gifts, and then we'll walk out of those texts going, hey, what can we learn? Because there's a lot of overlap in these four texts. Three of them are from Paul. One is from a guy named Peter. And when we look at them together, you won't have like an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts because I don't think any of those texts do it. I don't think any of them collectively, wherever God's gift uh, spirit wants to give gifts, we'll take them, right? We're not going to bound them into that. And so... Um, so uh, here, here are the four texts, okay? And you're going to have all these in the app, all of them on the screen. The first one is this, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. Then we will go to Romans 12, verse 3 through 8. Then we'll look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and then we'll wrap it up with 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to literally read straight through these four texts. I use some of Shauna's really cool tabs so I can keep my place. I'll, thank you, Shauna. I mean, whatever it takes to make me a better preacher, she's committed to. I'm going to read these four texts, and then we're going to look at a summary. So the summary is this. What are spiritual gifts? Why do we have them? What are we supposed to do with them? And then we'll end our time by looking at a real-life case study of what happens when the gifts are identified and unleashed, deployed in a church community. And I hope this will be a super exciting day for us as we begin to imagine what God might be up to in this next season of our church. So stand with me. 1 Corinthians 12 is where we will begin, verses 4 through 11. And then we'll move to Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, all of this on the screen in the app. Paul writing, he says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in how many people? Everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Not just for the individual, really important to note, for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. How many of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit? All of these, really important. All of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He, the Spirit, distributes them to each one just as He determines. Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace given me, Paul writes, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, I hope that's all of us, 
And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We're almost there. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all, how many? All reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And we finish with Peter 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So what are spiritual gifts? Here's the definition we'll work with. Spiritual gifts are abilities given to us, abilities given by the Holy Spirit that enable us to serve the Christian community and beyond. Abilities given by the Holy Spirit that enable us to serve the Christian community and beyond. That is what they are. Now when it comes to all of our spiritual gifts, it is important to know what is different and what is the same. If you can lean in on this point, ask God for some revelation as we hear it from the scripture. Guys, this is the beauty of the church, to know what is different and what is the same. Anybody wish everyone was like you? Like, no, Ben, not at all, until they disagree with you. Then they're like, see it my way. Anybody else? Like, just me? So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12 and pay attention. Um, The the, the answer, we're going to have an all play here. The answer is either different or the same, okay? You might want to have your Bible open, just saying. All right, so. In 1 Corinthians 12, he talks a lot about what is different and what is the same. Um, gifts, are they different or the same? Is it, is it the different spirit that distributes them or the same spirit? Okay. Are there same kinds of service or different? You guys are so good. But is it the different Lord or a same Lord? Okay. <clears throat> Who works in all of them? One God or many gods? Okay. Yeah, I went backwards. Um, Are there the same kinds of working or different kinds of working? They're different. Guys, the beauty of the church is what is the same and what is different. We want to celebrate one God, one Lord, one Holy Spirit, but how he works his thing out in you is different than how he works it in me. Would you agree? This is the beauty. The beauty is not, like, somebody's like, Ben, I love that we're so different. Listen, can we be straight with each other? When, th- when things are as I want them to be, I'm glad we're different. But when they're too different, I want them to be the same. So in Romans 12, he's like, you have different functions, right? And here's, 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 here's how you've got to be careful with your spiritual gifts. When you have a spiritual gift, you think it should come easy or natural or supernaturally to everyone. And it just doesn't. Why? Because that's your gift, that's your gift. But what happens in the church, if we're not careful, is that we will put our passion and calling and purpose and our gifting on everyone else. Right? Like, Ben, I don't believe you. I can give you my email. 
like the inbox. See, people get a passion and a gift. They're like, Ben, I want that to be your thing. I'm like, that's not my thing. Right? That's why we're all in this church, and we've all been given spiritual gifts to employ those gifts. That's the whole idea. So let's celebrate what the same is. It is one vision. It is one God. It is one God working. It is one Lord. It is one spirit. But how it fleshes out is different. I mean, how boring would it be if every part of your physical body had the same function? It would be boring and weird and gross. Agreed? Same in the church. Same in the church. Some of you are having visuals out there, and I'm like, I'm glad I'm not. I'm not going to name my friends out there. (laughs) So it's different. Now, here's what you've got to know. Every Christian receives at least one spiritual gift. Every Christian receives at least one spiritual gift. When Peter writes in verse 10 of chapter 4, he says, each of you should use whatever gift. Notice what he doesn't say. Hey, those of you with gifts, come over here in a circle. Notice what he doesn't say. Hey, those of you who have had faith in Jesus for at least five years, come here. You probably have a few gifts. How many people have gifts? Every Christian. And if you're not a Christian, the best gift for you is to receive Jesus and his spirit that comes with it. Anybody wish we had the gift of colder AC right now? Seth, thanks to this fan. I just don't know how much it's going to help. We're working on it, people. We're getting acclimated. We're just, you know, we know you're not hot outside in San Francisco. We thought we'd make you hot inside in San Francisco. Oh, when the cameras are off, so much freedom. (laughs) What happens at the 11 o'clock untelevised service stays at the 11 o'clock. So every Christian receives at least one spiritual gift. Now, when you use your spiritual gift, the church is built up and grows stronger. This is really important. This is Ephesians, okay? Ephesians, like there's this five-fold gifting for leaders in the church, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, what do they do? They equip people for what? Works of service. So when you and I do the thing that God's called us to do, the local church gets built up. And guys, when the local church gets built up by the Spirit, not by the flesh, when it gets built up by the Spirit, it changes a city and it changes the global church. Would you agree? When we do the thing that God's called us to do, our church gets built up, so does the greater body of Christ, right, throughout our city, and that has impact. Because if the spirit is at work, then things are going to look different than when the flesh alone is at work. And I don't know about you, but there are all kinds of spirits in our city. Would you agree with me? So we're going to be filled with the spirit of God, and we're going to be tapping into his power by using the gifts that God has given us to use. But check this out. If no one is helped by your gift, then it's not a spiritual gift. There's an understanding for some that me having a spiritual gift, it's about my ecstatic experience with God. Now, that may or may not happen, but that isn't the ultimate point. Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to do what? Serve yourself? Anybody? To serve others. To serve others. If no one is helped by you using your gift, then it's not a spiritual gift. Here's another thing. You cannot boast about gifts you have received. Paul, in 12.3 of Romans, do not think of yourself, what, more, more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment. Now, if he was writing into our world today, knowing where people's sort of estimates of themselves, he would say to some of us, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. He would say to others of you, don't think of yourself down here. 
He's like, have an accurate picture. This is what humility is. It's not humiliation. It is not low self-esteem. It is finding God-esteem because God says, I am worthy. God has given me a gift. And so here's the thing. You don't need to think of yourself more highly than you ought. I mean, how much sense does it make for you to brag on a gift somebody else gave you? You know who you boast about when you get a great gift? The gift giver, right? The, the gift giver, like, oh my gosh. God awakened something in me. It wasn't because I was amazing. It wasn't because I was awesome. It was because God has given me a gift. And then the pattern out of these texts is simply this. If your gift is fill in the blank, then use it. If your, if your gift is fill in the blank, look at Romans 12. Paul says, if your gift is prophesying, what should you do? Come on, guys, it's holiday weekend, keeping it simple. Then you should prophesy. If, you're, if your gift is serving, then you should. I know, it's crazy. If it is teaching, you should probably. Oh, my gosh. He does tell us if your gift is this, then do it, but he does tell us how to do it. Guys, getting clarity on your spiritual gifts but being selfish in your ambition or making it about you will keep the spiritual gift from doing what God intends for it to do. So he says, if you're going to lead, do it diligently. If you're going to give, give generously. If you're going to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then Peter says the same thing. In 1 Peter 4, he wraps up. He gives us basically two categories of gifts. He says, use whatever gift you receive. He said, if anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it as one who serves with the strength that God provides. So what Peter does, Peter's like, Paul, I'm not listing all of those. I'm just going to categorize them in two kinds of gifts. Do you see that? Speaking gifts, serving gifts. So you tell me, tongue, speaking gift? Yes. Words, words of knowledge? Gift of teaching? So speak. Serving, I mean, think about gifts of mercy, more of serving, hospitality. So it's not that you don't speak with those gifts, but, but Paul, or Peter's just saying, like, if you have the gift, then use it. If you have the gift, then use it. So let me ask you this question. Are your spiritual gifts lying dormant, or are they being deployed? Dormant means this, temporarily inactive or inoperative. Deployed means this, to bring into effective action or to utilize. Are your spiritual gifts, like Ben, are you talking to me or my neighbor? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to everyone who's listening. Are your spiritual gifts, are they lying dormant or are they being deployed? Now, let me give you an out. Anybody like an out when you're starting to feel conviction? Nobody? All right. No grace today. Just Here's some grace for all of us if we have gifts that are lying dormant. This pandemic actually sidelined or disrupted many of our spiritual gifts and their outflow. Would you agree? They at least shifted how we employed them. Would you agree? Give me that at least. And so let's have grace for that. Some of my gifts were sidelined, right? There are things that I, when I'm at my best and the thing that God's called me to do, even within this epic church community, a lot of that was set aside and we had to pivot. Did we not will? And all of you had to pivot, and you had to change a lot of how you stewarded the gifts that God has given you. Maybe they were sidelined, or maybe they were at least transformed, or they certainly were restricted. Um, Give yourselves grace. But guys, as this pandemic begins to wane, it's time for us to remind ourselves, wait a minute, I didn't get a gift to stay on the sidelines. If things are opening up, it's time for me to get my gifts back into the game. So you have grace. 
But the challenge is to get back in the game. Let me tell you something else that happened with the pandemic. Don't need to feel bad about this. It was just a thing. A lot of us, because we had never been in this kind of zone of life before and all the stuff that got taken away from us, um, we had to take care of ourselves. Would you agree? To some extent. We had to take care of our mental health. We had to take care of our kids who were like, really, they're going to do the Zoom school? Like my kids, and a lot of you in the same boat, have not sat in a classroom. Two of my four kids have not sat in a classroom since March 12, 2020. August 16th, they better get their rear ends there. (laughs) We had to take care of ourselves, but if we're not careful, we become self-absorbed and self-obsessed. And it is human to do so, but it also is spiritual for me and you to be called out from each other to what we need to get back into. So two things. Gifts were sidelined because of restrictions, and we became absorbed not with serving those around us. A lot of people did, which is awesome. Thank you. But we became absorbed with, am I okay? Do I need to self-protect? All the things. And some of it was legitimate. So my encouragement would just be, hey, if your gifts have been lying dormant for one of those two reasons, hey, maybe take baby steps, but let's get back in the game. <clears throat> it's like running a marathon, so they tell me. What is that app called? Couch to 5K? Joe, I don't know, man. I just, I, <clears throat> my phone doesn't go above 5K. I don't even, it's like I, I'm going to quit running then. Um, but, but just get back into it. Like ease back into it in, in some way because, guys, this is a stewardship issue. It's really important. It's a stewardship issue. You'll see this on the screen, but here, here's what you have to know about stewardship. The question of stewardship is this. What am I doing with what I've been given by God? What am I doing? God's not going to ask me your stewardship question. He's not going to ask you, hey, what are you doing with the gifts that I gave to Ben Pilgrim, the resources I gave to Ben, the time that I gave to Ben? He's not going to ask you that. He's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And I've got to answer for what he's given me. I mean, this is true whether it's time or money or now it's spiritual gifts. Look at Peter again. Peter uses that word. Usually when we see stewardship, we think about what? People are like, I don't think about it at all. Um, Money. Look at verse 10 from Peter's, 1 Peter 4. Each of you, how many of us, should use whatever gift. Some of you are like, oh, I don't really like my, use whatever gift you have received. We don't boast. We've received it to serve others as what? Faithful stewards. Faithful stewards. Stewardship means responsible management of resources entrusted to an individual. So you've got to be asked by me, if I'm going to pastor you well, how are you doing with what you've been given? Ben, you're talking about money? No, that'll be a different message. You're talking about my time? No, we'll get there. With your spiritual gifts, how are you managing those? Are they lying dormant on the side of the road, or are they in the game called the kingdom of God? If you want to know what your gifts are, a real easy way, lots of assessments out there, but a free one is just giftstest.com. I did it again this week myself just to make sure it was still working. Giftstest.com. You're like, Ben, are you still doing what you're gifted to do? I mean, it said I was. Listen, you can always cheat an assessment, but don't. That won't help you or our church. Giftstest.com. You'll see, like, not only what your gifts are based on that assessment, but also um, kind of the rank order of those. It's really important not just to know spiritual gifts, but to know what the, like, rank order is, is out of those. Because we want to operate in those, in those top giftings for sure, because that's where God's spirit is doing the most work. In us, and, um, and, and, then, and then take that to someone who knows you well and say, hey, here's what this assessment said. Do you feel like this is how God has gifted me? Do you feel like God has equipped me to do this? And then let's see what happens. Now, it's one thing to know about something, but it's way more fun when you get to do the thing you've been learning about, right? 
I mean, I don't know about you guys. Some of you might just love lecture after lecture after lecture after lecture, but when it is finally time to get in the game with something, that's what I'm here for. So go with me to Acts chapter 6. Let's see a real-life case study. It'll be on the screen again. For those of you that don't know, Acts is really when the church gets started. So Jesus leaves earth, the church begins, and you see it in its beauty, you see it in its brokenness, you see it in the struggles, and now you see it in chapter 6 going through a lot of growing pains. And if you've ever led anything that grows, you know it, it, it can provide challenges. Obviously different challenges when something never grows, but that's a different, that's a different story. So here we go, 1 through 7 of Acts 6. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, great problem, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will Turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, when you have a moment like this as a leader, you will either see it through one of two lenses, either as a problem or as an opportunity. And it doesn't mean you don't recognize when there are problems, and problems can become opportunities, but a lot of us look through life and what we're leading or participating in either is that's a problem or no that can't it is a problem but it can be an opportunity and they see an opportunity now isn't it great when you have problems caused by good reasons rather than bad reasons anybody like my wife's being so nice to me what do I do with that right like what not not mine she always has been um so they've got a good problem the, the church is growing, the number of Jesus followers, it's, it's working. What Jesus commissioned them to do, they're doing, and he's doing his part, and, and the church is growing, and all of a sudden, the widows are no longer getting their allotment of daily food, and this is a problem, which hopefully can become an opportunity. Now, they've got a few opportunities to respond to this moment. They, they could go, you know what, sorry, uh, we're just too big, we, can, we can't take care of everyone like we used to. That's an, that's an option. Another option is the leaders could go, hey, um, we're the only people around here who can actually do any good work for God's kingdom, so we're going to just do it all. We're going to pray, and we're going to preach, and we're going to organize, and we're going to minister, and we'll take care of the widows too. They could have done that, but they didn't. They're like, you know what? What we've been called to do and what God has gifted us to do really matters, and this ministry to the widows really matters. Let me tell you, depending on what kind of church you belong to or just the ideology you might have, Listen, we are not a church, and I realize we've got to say this clearly, where the people who step onto the stage, they get to do the jobs that really matter around here, and you don't get to do the jobs that matter. Guys, we don't have B-level, C-level, or D-level positions in Epic Church because they don't exist in the kingdom of God. They don't. Now, I know there's some more public, right? You know who was leading music today. You know who's up here. You know saw Lindsay, all the things. But what you didn't see is Thursday, ladies who've been gifted to serve and prepare this building for you to show up. Only a handful of us knew they were here, but because they were here, the Spirit of God's doing something as I speak, even though you don't know who they are. 
Outside of those of you who do come, you don't know that there's a group of people that spend every Wednesday morning praying for this church and for you, for God to do what only God can do. You don't have to know that they're there, but because they're using their gifts, God is doing something. Right now, behind that wall, there's a group of teenagers being led by adults who don't mind giving their lives away because they know God's gifted them to impact the next generation. This is what it's about, and this is what these guys, they're like, hey, choose people full of the Spirit and full of wisdom Turn that responsibility over to them, and they do it, and it matters. What's the result? Verse 7, word of God spread, number of disciples increased rapidly, and even a great number of the Jewish priests became obedient to the faith. So when you think today, okay, he says we all have spiritual gifts, but I'm not sure mine matters, so I'll keep it on the sidelines. We say this with a lot of love. How dare you? We can't be fully us if you don't bring your full gifts to the table here. We can't become who God envisions for us to be if you and I hold back on the gifts that God's given. Like, God's not just doing something in you. He's wanting to do it through you for the sake of other people who are here. And you really have got to ask, what are you going to do with that? Like, look at the result. This seems to me like the vision of Epic Church being lived out. The vision of Epic Church is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. Can you imagine what it would be like? And a ton of people are doing this in our church. But imagine with me if every Christian in our church community began to identify their gifts, deploy their gifts while being filled with the Spirit of God. Would that not be an exciting place to be a part of? And everybody stands over in the bleachers, right? And you're like, yes, I paid good money for this. Get in the game, you guys. And we're like, no, 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 you get in the game, and I'll get in the game, and you get in the game, and you get in the game, and let's just see what God might do. I believe the best is ahead. I do believe the best is ahead. And one of the best ways for you to use your gifts here at Epic is to join a team. EpicSF.com slash teams. Check that out now. You can see it later. You can join and get a jersey before you leave today, because what's the good of being on a team if you don't have a jersey, Right? I told somebody in the last service, um, I'd give them a dollar if they got their name and number put on the back of the shirt. Or I'd give them $20 if they put Ben's dad on the back of the shirt. You ever been to a t-ball game where they're like, oh, this is so-and-so's mom? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's your kid that messed the game up. Um, If you don't use your gift... Who else can? It's your gift. Now, none of us need to feel the pressure. Like, you using your gift or me using my gift, that doesn't determine whether God's going to build his church, okay? Hear me clearly. God is building his church. I don't have power to stop it. You don't have power to stop it. But he has invited you and me in to co-build this church with him. Of course, him leading the way, his spirit empowering our gifts, Trisha Neal says in her book, From Vision to Action, this quote that if you're around here for the last several years, I just love it. She says this, with the participation of the whole congregation, a church can afford a big vision. So you tell me, if we all play this out like you're playing this out, how much vision can we bite off? Will you carry the vision with us? Will you be a vision carrier? Will you lean in and go, hey, I'm not comparing my gift to you. (laughs) I'm just, I'm going to bring my gift to the table. 
And guys, the more you grow in your God awareness and the more you grow in your self-awareness and how God has gifted you and how he's equipped you, and you begin to use that. I love this. I, I, I had a conversation between um, the last service and this service with a lady in our church, and she, she's one of those ladies, like, she always is serving, and she just said to me, and um, she's in her 70s, by the way. She said, Ben, in the, in the message, I, I realized what my gift is, and my whole life made sense. There's nothing like receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and receiving his gifts and allowing him to empower you to make a difference. What else do you want to live for? What else do we as a church want to live for? And you're like, Ben, I'm new to faith. I'm new to Epic. I'm new to San Francisco. I'm only 14. Sounds like a great time to get in. Let me pray for us as Seth and the team come. Jesus, thank you that you are the best gift and that in you our sins are forgiven. As as Seth mentioned earlier, by grace you save us, you bring us into your family. And if if you're hearing me say this even to Jesus now and you know like, hey, you're worried about spiritual gifts but you're you're not a person of faith in Jesus, let's just stop there and, and, and let's have you focus on the best gift. And the best gift would be to know that there's a God who made you and loved you. And when he realized that the world didn't go the way that he designed it to go, he needed to do something about it. He needed to make atonement for humanity. And, and as I've encouraged our church today, what, what Jesus did is he used his gift, the gift of his life, to give his life so that you might have the gift of life. And that's where I would encourage you if you're not a Christian today. You're not too old. You're not too far gone. You haven't screwed up too much. He is waiting and he's patient and he's having you here, perhaps in this room today. You might say, Ben, I don't even live here. That's okay. He brought you here. I believe that. And you can receive that life today. You can. And for those of us who are Christians, but maybe we've never really identified our gifts, let's, let's take first steps today. Or others of us, we, we knew our gifts. We were actually activating our gifts. And, and then the pandemic came and and for really good reason, a lot of stuff was sidelined. And, and now, with the courage that only God can provide, would you, would you step back in? And others of you, you know you have gifts, but you haven't let it be known around here yet that you have those gifts. And so, we're not fully who we could be. And the invitation for you today is stop by the lobby, join a team, do it online. On July 25th, we'll have a team night where you'll just understand that there's, there's nothing like being behind the scenes. I'm a huge fan of sports, but I would love to be a player more than a fan. That's the invitation for all of us today. That's why we have the gifts that we have. And so, God, would you come? Would you breathe on us? Would you fill us? Would you guide us? God, every bit of ministry and mission you have for our future, would you equip us with your gifts? And would we do our part to deploy those in your power for your name's sake. Amen. I want to ask you to stand as Seth and the team lead us and build my life. It really matters who we do it for, both for God and for people. Remember, the, the commandments were summed up in what? Two, right? 600 commands, and he's like, Jesus says at the end of the day, it all hangs on these two. How we love God, what we build our life on, who we worship, and how we love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what this is about how will you respond? Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. 
I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.